Hello, I'm Cora Norton, and you're listening to Molly, Mara, and Me, the Reactive Dogcast. I might change that. I don't know if it ring. I don't know if Reactive Dog. No, Reactive Dogcast. No, I do like it. No, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. That's fine. Welcome. This is a podcast I've decided to make because my friends and family are probably sick of hearing about me talk about my dogs. But I spend a lot of time with my dogs. I do a lot for my dogs. I have little Mara who is fear reactive and I have Molly who's quite anxious, less aggressive with any reactivity, does kind of quite anxiously want to be a dog's friend. So it kind of plays out in a very different way. So I have kind of two very different cases of dogs on my hand that I am constantly trying to find ways to enrich and make happy and keep them happy. And, oh, am I doing enough for them? Have they slept enough today? Oh, do they need to go to the vet? That paw looks really weird. Oh no, we've run out of food. What should I be giving them? What treats should I be giving them? Oh no, she's got IBS. Oh no, no, she hasn't. And there's just only so much that really your relatives and your family and your friends and everyone wants to hear. So that being said, I need to put all those thoughts somewhere and all this knowledge that I get from hyper-focusing on training my dogs and trying to make their lives better. So I'm deciding to sending it out to the podcast realm, into the abyss that is podcasting and putting it online and hoping someone hears it. So hi, welcome. Let's all grab a cup of tea, jump on the sofa and talk about dogs. The only thing I actually want to do with my time, but not enough people want to do with me. As I am recording this, I do in fact have Molly curled up in front of me on one side of the microphone, and Mara, not really curled up, kind of looking at the window looking for something to bark at, on the other side of the microphone. And that pretty much describes Molly and Mara in their normal day-to-day forms. I'll introduce you to Molly first. Obviously, she can't speak. She's a dog. I can tell you about her, and that will have to do for now. Until I teach her to speak, obviously. We're working on it. We got Molly at about nine months of age. She is a Romanian rescue from the lovely charity Race, which is Romanian Animal Care Europe. I actually do some volunteering for them on their social media page. They're a really good charity. If you're looking to adopt from Romania, I am. they are one of the many I would recommend. Obviously, I got mine from there, so... They're probably top of my list. There are loads of great ones from Romania, though, as well. Other Romanian rescues are available. Um, (laughs) um, Molly, I... Basically, we ended up with Molly by accident, which probably doesn't sound great and isn't a very good start for any dog owner. But we bought our first house and we had left rented and I was very, very excited because I really wanted a dog. I had always wanted a dog. I've wanted a dog for years and years and years. You know, you can't have pets while you're at uni... Um, We had a cat, but the cat died at home, like a family cat. And I just really wanted a pet, and I really wanted a dog. Um, One of my best friends had a lovely Jack Russell, and just people were slowly getting them around me. You kept seeing them during lockdown. You know, you kept seeing dogs being walked, and I was like, God, that's a great life. I want to be that person holding a takeaway coffee and walking a dog. That's all I wanted. I don't aspire to very much, and that was what I wanted at the time. So we bought our house. And thus the process of looking... Sorry, one of my dogs just dropped a toy and I'm going to put that back. There you go, Mara. So we bought the house and thus the process began of trying to find a dog. Now, I already knew that I wanted to rescue. People can buy. People do buy puppies, I know, and designer dogs and all that. I've always been quite anti that. Um, I know not everyone is. It's everyone's choice, what they choose to do. I personally think rescuing's the best thing you can do. Um, 
for lots of different reasons, but I totally understand that, you know, each their own. I think if you found a puppy and you were really responsible about where that puppy came from, then good for you. You did the right thing. Um, but, you know, the breeding is so unregulated in this country and it's such a nightmare, but that's not the individual person's fault as well. I don't not like people because they bought a puppy, to clarify. But I knew I wanted to rescue. I did apply to lots of UK-based charities but at the time as well because we just come out of lockdown charities were inundated rspca wood green dogs trust all of them were inundated with applications for their dogs because everyone had been in lockdown and decided they wanted a dog and i was one of them so then i think just through endless trawls online looking for where i could get a dog i ended up coming across abroad rescues spanish ones ukraine I mean, the list is endless. They can come from all over the world. And then, again, I just randomly landed, which I probably shouldn't admit that I kind of randomly landed on a on a rescue Facebook page, but I did, and it, it was Romanian Animal Care Europe. And I was scrolling through, looking at what dogs were available. I knew because we lived in a little cottage, we needed a little dog. And also, because we hadn't had one before, I wasn't sure about how much you know time we could dedicate in terms of exercise i didn't want to go for some huge breed um and i i vaguely remember again this isn't the most romanticized story but i vaguely remember seeing a black and white dog on my computer screen and going that dog's cute i'll apply for it and that's pretty much the extent of what i remember when i applied for molly and then i forgot that i applied for molly and I think two, maybe three weeks later, I just opened my email, find that the adoption coordinator for Romanian Animal Care Europe had emailed wanting to set up a chat about Molly. And um, at the time, her name was Fifi. Um, she also uh, liked our application specifically because Molly had quite a sad backstory and she was mistreated by her previous owners. Um, they know that the owner owner or owners were middle-aged she was quite fearful of middle-aged people so she'd been living with the daughter at the foster care in Romania sleeping on her bed and everything but she was very worried of older people so they were specifically looking for a young couple to adopt her and then hopefully gradually reintroduce her to older people and just to clarify, we've actually never really had a problem with her and older people, which is interesting. Um, to, granted, we don't know or meet that many. It's just kind of our parents. So then we did a home check. We did kind of like an interview chat. And then before you know it, we'd sent over an adoption fee of a few hundred pounds. And she was booked on a van. I say a van, that makes it sound like she's being shoved on with loads of bread. She she was put on a specific pet transportation van that is DEFRA approved. And uh, she came over, she was booked and ready to come over from Romania. Which was mad, really, now I think about it. And the day came and we had to go pick her up from a service station. She just snored. This dog is bored by her own rescue story. I mean, how ridiculous is that? We went to a service station about a 20 minute drive away to pick her up from the transport van and it felt like a very strange drug deal. It's like we were doing something really shady. They were all these kind of un unbranded vans called like Pet, Pet Van 1 and Pet Van 2 and we just kind of went up and this big burly man, who didn't speak a lot of English, which is totally fair enough, um, got out and he kind of just went... <laughs> 
Fifi? And you're like, yes, yeah, yeah, we're here for Fifi. And then he just opened the side of this van and there was all of these dogs, all looking very healthy, by the way, just to, just to clarify. All of these dogs piled up in crates waiting to be dropped off and picked up by their new owners. And there was little Molly just in her crate, you know, all the way at the back. And he kind of reached in and she was really scared, understandably. She'd been in a van on and off for two or three days. And then she was handed to us and we got in the car and took her home. And that was, was when our lives changed forever, as I'm sure most dog owners would understand. As soon as you have the dog, your life is very different. Um, and yeah, that was Molly's little story. Then Mara, hi Mara, she's looking at me like she's about to do something. Basically, Mara always looks like she's about to do something. Don't ya? So Mara's nearly two. And we got her about three and a half months old. She was found as a tiny puppy abandoned on a roadside with her sister. And she was riddled with fleas and worms and malnourished. Obviously, the mum was nowhere to be seen. Very cold from being in the snow on a mountainside, of course, as well. And we have assumed that she was a puppy used at a gypsy camp to entertain children. Um, she has a lot of, she used to have, I should say, a lot of touch issues. We think basically she just, you know, there is a certain way you handle puppies. Uh, they are not playthings. They are living things working the world out. And we think that, yeah. She didn't have the correct boundaries when she was younger, which is obviously very sad for her. But she came over to us about three and a half months. She weighed nothing. She was about the size of a guinea pig. I went over to the transport van when she arrived to be handed her and it was like, yeah, it was like I'd been given a tiny guinea pig. She was so small and I knew she was a puppy and I knew she was a small dog. But I don't think I had any idea of just how small she would be. And it was, she was so small that actually Molly and her used to fit on my lap together. And they weren't like curled up together. They were quite separate. She was that small. It was adorable. Now, because we've had Mara so much younger, obviously we've gone through a lot of different things. We had to do toilet training. Um, we got her spayed, whereas Molly was already spayed when she came to us. If a lot of these charities, obviously, if the, if the dog is old enough, they will spay them before rehoming them, just as kind of like a responsibility thing. Um, so we had to do that with her. So it's been a very long, um, fulfilling educational road with Mara. There's, I think, most hurdles we could be hit with other than let's say breaking all her legs we've dealt with we actually no i take that back we haven't had to deal with that many physical ailments but i think behavior wise we've had a whole sea of things um and that's kind of why i want to make this podcast because i'm still learning with her we're still doing a lot she's come on leaps and bounds i mean this is a puppy who for a very long, I say a long period, I would say three months or so, would not be touched. It, she was fine at first and then some time passed and she got more comfortable and I suppose more confident and she decided she was not to be touched. She developed major touch aversion. She didn't like going on walks, which was a challenge for us because we don't have a garden. Um, so you can imagine toilet training was, was really fun for everyone involved. But after, yeah, after a couple of months of having her, we dealt with a lot of issues. She started being reactive to everything on walks. She refused to wear a harness, a coat, where she had accepted it previously. 
as she started getting very stressed and developed allergies so her fur was becoming an issue she had patches of skin that were going red we've just kind of we've been through it and um, we're not out of it just yet we're doing a lot better than we were we worked with a wonderful one-to-one trainer um i also do kind of we've done like the herbal remedy route we've done enrichment routes we've kind of done everything we've you know socializing her as well has been a challenge i got her knowing i wanted to socialize her but then because of the problems that started emerging we had to kind of change how we were trying to do that so it's been a long one it's been a long journey we have really in summary we have two dogs one of whom is looking hilarious sleeping with her eyes open and snoring at me at the moment but one of whom is molly who she wants to be a dog's friend and she wants to play but she's also very conflicted about it so she will be quite noisy she'll bark she'll react she's not being aggressive but she is reactive to other dogs and kind of stimuli she she will react to it and we are trying to keep her calm and find ways to do that and on the other side of the spectrum we have mara who for a period of time did want to kill everything because she was afraid and because she didn't understand and she she struggled with working the world out and that's not her fault and it's our job to make that better for her and that's what we've been doing over the past nearly two years or so and this is the podcast where i'm going to come on and just word vomit everything i've learned everything i'm learning everything there still is to learn eh mara and hopefully help someone else out there who feels alone with their dog reactivity knowing that you're not alone and it's not that big a deal you know obviously it's a big deal to us because we want to be able to live our lives calmly and keep them relaxed and happy and we want to be relaxed and happy as owners but i think you can get so in your head about a lot of this stuff when literally at the moment Mara actually just heard a car pull up outside the house looked at it didn't bark and went back to chewing her toy like wow that's amazing so I'll be putting episodes up very regularly on this podcast so if you have a reactive dog and you want to like hear tips tricks I'm hoping to get like some other people's stories in as well maybe even chat to some trainers who I really admire who I follow online and just kind of make a little hub a little chat section a little let's listen to someone who also gets it and we can all go from there because not all of us have a perfect little lovely dog they're perfect to us in their own way we all have individuals and isn't that fabulous I love an individual So join me, Molly and Mara, on this podcast journey as we look into things we haven't tried yet, as I talk about things that I've learned, some ridiculous stories, which there are quite a lot of with these two girls. Not necessarily because of them, more other people, but, you know, we'll come to those when we do. And let's open the conversation about dog reactivity and normalising the fact that most dogs aren't perfect. They all have feelings and they all are trying to communicate those feelings to us and I'm really keen to get the conversation open with that so that people can feel a little bit less alone and a little bit less like they need to pull their hair out over their dog's reactivity. I'm just going to sign this off with the sound of Mara uh, chewing her antler. So um, talk to you soon. She moved away, she didn't like it. All right, fair. Bye, guys.